You guys ready to raise a little hell tonight? You guys still want to do the call? The opening? Yeah? Yeah, okay. They showed up. That was, if anything, yeah. Well, what were you guys born to do? What were you born to do? What were you born to do? So, Little Rock, are you ready to raise some hell? Make sure everyone else in this building knows what they're missing out on. Yeah. Well, we're going to start this thing out right. So you guys want to stand up, we'll open up in prayer. Dear Lord, we are coming to you tonight, Lord. We are praying for your spirit to show up, Lord. Lord, we are just praying for the spirit, Lord, for you to be able to come down, Lord, open up our eyes, open up our ears. Let us be able to be willing to accept what you have for us tonight, Lord. Lord, that this message was a message brought by you, Lord. Lord, it's not a man-made message, Lord. This is all for you. Lord, we just want to be able to be here, Lord, just to listen to what you have, Lord. Lord, because when you show up, Lord, you show out. Lord, we are expecting that every man who showed up, Lord, this, these are the men who want to know who you are. They want to experience Jesus tonight, Lord. Lord, we are still know that this is going to be a great service, even if it's a smaller crowd. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're going to do, Lord, because you're still the same God that we serve, Lord. I thank you for everything, and in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we all say amen. 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 Yeah, well, well, we are hockey fans, but... Um, Actually, October-wise, um, I don't know. You got? We have any baseball fans in here? Well, playoffs going on. Uh, World Series going on right now. Just kind of filling the news-wise with that. Astros and Nationals. Nationals-wise, we went up in um, Washington, um, D.C., um, 2008. We went up on a vacation up there, and when we got off the subway, one of them, um, we got out and walked right up, back up to the top, and right there's the stadium, and we're like, oh. Nothing else around, just the stadium sitting there. I was like, oh, of course, at that time they weren't playing baseball. This was in the middle of summer. But, yeah, it would be like right there next to the um, thing. Uh, be, this will be, if they win, this will be the first um, World Series for the Nationals. Man, I grew up, I loved baseball. I grew up, I loved playing baseball. Always wanted to be a catcher. Always wanted to be a catcher. I mean, now look at me. This is not really what you're going to look at for someone being a catcher, right? <laughs> I did play football. Yeah, I didn't play baseball much. But, man, it's like I, th I was thinking about it. I was like, could you imagine if I ever wanted to be a catcher for the Nationals? be an interesting thought. Hey, hey, hey. You want to be a catcher for the Nationals? Yeah. Yeah, see, when we went up there to Washington – you know, I happened to talk to the owners of Washington Nationals, and they told me maybe later on they might give me a job. So while we were in the process of it, just a few weeks ago, they hired me as the manager of the Nationals. What? Yeah, they hired me as the Na Nationals manager. I'm the manager of the Nationals. We're in the World Series. You're the manager of the Nationals? Yes, I am. You got a problem with that? I just don't believe it. Oh, I am. I'm the manager. I know all the people's names. I know everybody. I, I mean, I can, well, can get you, you, I can get you in there if you want to. You can get me in for the Nationals. If you want to play, if you want to be a catcher. We might need a backup catcher. 
Pudge. I mean, that'd be a good nickname for you, Pudge. <laughs> well, wait a minute. There was a guy named Pudge. He played for the White Sox and the Boston Red Sox, just to let you know. His name was Carlton Fisk. Yeah. They called him Pudge. You can't use Pudge, fatso. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you, you want to you you try out? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Well, if I'm going to be on there, though, i got to make sure I know everyone's name. Well, you know, so nowadays, man, they got really weird names, man. They got funny names, really silly names. Weird you know? names. Yeah, like Daffy Dill and Daffy and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's really, weird, really, really, really weird names. Okay? How weird can it be? Okay, so okay, I'll tell you the guys' names, okay? All right, let me know the guys' names. So we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You're the manager, right? Yes, I'm the manager. All right, what's the guys' names? I'm, I'm telling you what the guys' names are. Just sit there and listen to me, okay? Just keep your mouth shut. Here's the names. I said who's on first, what's on second, and I don't know who's on third. Are you coaching the team also? Yes, I'm coaching the team. I'm the manager. So you know every guy's name on that team? Uh, yes, I do. Then what are they? I, I just told you. I said who's on first. Okay, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You got a first baseman, what's his name? Who? 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 I'm asking you who's on first. That's his name. Whose name? That's right. Who is playing first? Okay, the guy, you pay him every single month, what does he sign his name as? Who? The guy. Who? The one getting the check. Who? What does he sign his name as? Who? Who signs it? So who picks up his check? That's right. Every dollar of it. Sometimes his wife comes and collects it. Whose wife? That's right. What's wrong? That's his name. I can't change his name. His name is who? What am I supposed to do? Who is on first? That's correct. I want to know what's the guy's name on first base. Uh, what is on second base? I don't care about second. That's Who's the, on first? Who is on first? What is wrong Okay, with? so what's the guy's name on first base? What is on second? Who's on second? No, who is on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking about him. How do we get to third base? You mentioned his name. Whose name? No. Who's on first? I don't know who's on third. Is this is that difficult? I'm telling you guys' names. Okay, okay, okay. Whatever. You got an outfielder? Yes, we have. All right. What's the left fielder's name? Because. Why? Why is left field? You want to go with guys' names? I'm telling you the Who's names. in left field? Who's on first? Stay out of the infield. Well, you're mentioning the people's in the infield. <sighs> okay. What's the left fielder's name? Why? I thought I'd ask. I thought I'd tell you. Well, I just want to know. Who is the um, left fielder? Who is on first? What's on second? Who's on second? What is on second? I don't know. He's on third base. We're back on third base again. <sighs> it's not my problem. Mm. It is. You're making it difficult. No. I'm asking a you a question. You won't give me an answer. I'm giving you all the answers I have. Oh, you got a pitcher on the team? Yes, I have a pitcher on the team. Very good pitcher, man. The best pitcher we have in the whole entire league. Okay. That's the reason why we're in the World What's Series. What's the pitcher's name? Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me what the pitcher's name is? What is not pitching? 
Okay, whatever. You got a catcher? Yes, we have a catcher. So am I going to replace this catcher? I need to know what his name is. Today. 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 And tomorrow's pitching. That's correct. So we got a couple days on our team. No, we got some good pitchers and catchers on our team. All right. Well, me being a good um, catcher. That's what I heard. I'm going to get back there behind the plate. Okay. And we got a um, we got today up uh, tomorrow up there pitching. That's correct. We got a heavy hitter come up. And okay. He's going to bunt the ball. Okay. And I'm going to go get the ball, and I'm going to try to throw him out at first. So I'm going to throw the um, to first base to who? That's correct. That's the first thing you said right the whole entire time. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, that's, you said his name. Who? That's right. Whose name? That's right. That's right. That's right. So I pick up the ball and throw it to that's right. No, you throw it to who? That's what I said. You're not saying it right. Okay, you ask me. Well, you pick up the ball and you throw it to who? That's right. Who? That's right. That's what I said, same as you. No, no, okay, I said to you. You pick up the ball and throw it to that's right. Who? That's right, see? Same as you. You got it. Whatever. Okay. Person on first base drops the ball. He throws it to what? What throws it to I don't know. Triple play. That could be right. That's right. Okay. You're getting there. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing good. Next person comes up. Hits a long drive ball to the um, outfield. What picks it up? Throws it to I don't know. And I don't give a darn. Oh, what? What? I said I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our shortstop. That's the same. I can't tell you anything else. That's the name of the team. <laughs> For those of you who do not know, that was a old vaudeville skit from Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, 1940s. Um, thought it would be a good transition. Um, actually, this afternoon, uh, we're messaging on the way coming down here. And I asked him, I was like, where are you guys at? And he's like, who's on first? And we just spent an entire time back and forth texting this entire back and forth skit. During that time, it thought about it, and I'm listening. I'm just, just having a fun time. I grew up with this. And I'm listening, and I'm like, man, actually, that could be a good message. That could be a really good message. So this is what God gave me. I know you guys were probably having an interesting time trying to figure out what in the world was going on with that intro. Um, but that's fine. I like surprises. So the whole entire basis of it is who is the guy's name on first? That's the guy's name. And of course, my character was not able to wrap his head around that. But what God gave me, and he's like, who is on first for you guys? Who is your first baseman? Who is the first priority in your life? Because ultimately, it should be God. They always say it's like you got to keep God first. Who is on first? Because a lot of people, when they mess that up and they add other people, they're just like, oh, I'm going to put my spouse there. I'm going to put my children there. No, that's not what it says. Um, Exodus 23 says, um, you should have no other gods before me. That means no one else can take that spot in the first place. No one else can take that spot of a first baseman. Because if you're thinking about it, your life-wise, in this diagram of all your players, we're going to go through each one of these. Who is on first in your life? 
Because also it says Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye the first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Not your kingdom. Not an earthly kingdom. But seek first God's kingdom. Goes back to the fact is like, if you don't have God on first, how can you seek his kingdom? Because ultimately you're just looking at it and you're just going to go through life. It's like, well, God, you're important, but I, I, I got this here. This is in first place. This is my first baseman. My life, my career is first base. No, that should be what you put on second base. Because first base ultimately is, needs to be God. Who do you have on first base? In your life, who do you have in that top spot? Who is number one in your life? And then after that, it says what is on second. You think about that. Who means a person? What is an item? Who is on first? That means they already, basically, when they wrote this, God had an idea. It's like, who is on first? Jesus, God, is on first. Who? Then you can come back up with a second place, and then you can say, what? What is second? And at that point, that's when you're supposed to be putting your family. That's supposed to be when you're putting your spouse is in the what? What? Don't ever put them to first. Because if that means you move God to second place, and that means you're calling him a what, not a who. It means you're saying is like, yeah, God, whatever. Not God that's who you are. Another um, scripture, Deuteronomy 6, 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy might. Their mind. That means nothing else. You're putting it above everything else. Everything that you breathe, because you have heart, which is physical, soul, which is spiritual, and might which is inner body-wise, your mind thinking about. It's not one of the things. So if you're putting God at the first one of all those things, there is no room for anyone else. There is no room for anything else. Then you go on to what is second. That's where you're going to be able to put your family. That's where you're thinking about is like from God, what is my next thing? Because a lot of people, they think, it's like, well, I'm going to put my job first and my family second. Or it's like, I'm going to put my family first and God second. They always have these things mixed up. God's always going to be on first. God is on first. Remember that. Who's on first? Who is on first? What's on second? Family. What's on second? Because it ultimately comes down as like for your children, obey your parents. And then also says that um, 
the man should love his wife as he loves the church. So if you're married, your, your uh, wife goes there. Then children. Children never become greater than your spouse. That's who's on second. That's what's on second. Now, here's the one, the interesting one. I don't know who's on third. If you think about a diamond and you're thinking about baseball, you've got first, second, and third. If you were on a diamond, on a plate, first baseman can see the third baseman. So why would you put I don't know over there? Clearly you can see who's standing over there directly across from you. But in our life, there's things that we put up called walls. We like to put up walls in our life. It's like, I just want to be, it's like, hey, I'm going to put up a wall right here because I don't want anyone going into this part of my life. Someone tries to get close to me, it's like, nope, I'm going to put up a wall. That way you can't go any farther. I'm not going to let you in because I've been hurt by too many other people. I don't trust who you are. It's like, I, I know you say that you love me, but I, I, I can't do that. I can't put you up. I'm going to put a wall there. And with that wall, that means you can see from first to second, but you'll never be able to see over here. You'll never be able to see what's on the other side. And the same thing goes is if you're walking around a square, and let's say right here. So you've got first, second, and third right there. Imagine this is a complete pillar right here. And I'm walking in my life, I can see what's directly ahead of me on second. But I have no clue what's over there on that wall. So many times God tells you that just follow me. But God, where are we going? Just follow me. We'll get, you'll find out when you get there. But God, where are you taking me? Why are you leading me down this path? I, I, you'll get there. When you get there, you'll find out why. So many times, we're not even the ones driving. God's driving, but we're trying to be a backseat driver. We're thinking, it's like, God, where are you going? He's like, I know how to get there. Yeah, but I want to know. I, I like to know where we're going. We're always being that. It's like, are we there yet? The little child, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet, God? Shut up. How many times do we question God and what he's doing? He's like, just follow me. But God, I don't know what's over there. I don't know. I don't want to take that. That's too much of a leap of faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. But God, what? No, no buts. Just follow. Because even though I don't know what's over there, if God's the one driving me, should I really worry about where he's taking me? Because it's not like God's some stranger that I just got into a car with and having no clue where in the world we're going. It's not like he drugged me into this car with a bag over my head. I know who the driver is. He's been with me for my entire life. 
But why is it that it's always in the times where he says, just trust me, we always have to ask the question, why? Why? We always ask that question, why? Which leads out into the next, next one. What the world's going on? Test, okay. Um, right above third base, got left field. Left field, why is left field? Goes hand in hand. It's like, God, why are we going there? Why do I not know what we're going, where we're going? Why are we doing this? Have you ever heard the saying is like, way out in left field? Way out in left field. Because usually left field is the guy who never has to do anything. He's mainly the guy who just kind of stands there. Because ultimately, that's who I was when I played baseball. Growing up, yeah, I was a left fielder. Yeah, I don't remember how many times. Just kind of waiting, sitting back there playing with the grass. Yeah, just kind of wasting my time. And I remember that one time doing that, all of a sudden, everyone started calling my name. I looked up, and the ball was coming right at me. The one time I actually had something to do, I wasn't ready for it. Way out in left field means something unexpected happened. It's like, man, I wasn't expecting this to happen. Man, this just came out just like way out there in left field. This is, why? Why did this happen? Why did my mother get cancer? It's like we were doing such a good job. She just started going to church. Why did she just get cancer? But it still goes with third base. God's yelling at third base. It's like, just follow me. Just follow me. And then if you go just center, center field, because... So we just left from, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know what's there. And then now where we're getting there, we're asking, it's like, why am I here? Why am I right here, God? And then he takes us over and he says, because. Because is center field. Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There is a purpose for everything that goes on. Every, even the smallest thing, there's a reason why. Um, I always, um, always have a thing that I like, um, a lot of like movies-wise or books-wise, they always say is like people like time travel. They always try to go back in the past, they try to change something. Just to find out when they come back, it's not quite the same that they left it beforehand now I know that's a fantasy thing but I always wondered is like how could something so small make such a big difference years later how can something so small change future completely and I always think about that it's like could you imagine if you went back and just changed something small maybe just say it's like 
from where you are right now, imagine if you could go back and have, go back to the point and make your parents not have a divorce. Just something so small. It's one couple out of millions of couples in this entire world. How big of a difference could it make? Just to find out that after they did not have a divorce, things just really went downhill. That possibility you might not even be living at the point where you're at. Just something so small we think about. Because everything has a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, very popular scriptures. For I know the plans that I have for you, the thoughts. Thoughts of peace and for no evil to harm you. But God, why did my mother have cancer? Why did my parents have a divorce, God? Why? Could you not have just given us that one thing, that one piece of joy? Being a child growing up, praying just for my parents not to have a divorce, just to have it happen. God, did you not hear those prayers? God, were you not there when I was being bullied, when I was being abused as a child? And I prayed for it to stop, that I prayed just for my life to end. Were you not there? Did you not hear that? Just to find out that the reason why that happened is to mold you and to build you in the person you are today. The person you are today is the reason why everything that has happened. Everything that has happened has built you to who you are right now. Imagine some things that's gone on in your life. Would you still be the same person if they did not happen? Would you still be the same person if you never ended up in here? Would you be the person you are right now? That How, many, how long are you guys in here? Most at max usually like a, um, a year, nine months, three months even. Eliminating this part out of your life and you would have gone... Imagine right when you, before you came in here, imagine where you were going in the three months, six months, nine months time, would you be where you're at right now? Something so small for that one day just to be locked up. Just something like that. It molds us into the people we are. Everything that we've ever gone through, everything that we've ever experienced has made us into who we are. Sometimes you've got to go through the fire if you actually want to be a piece of art, a piece of pottery, a plate that can be used. Because ceramic, clay, if you just have that, it's molded, just pliable. You can't use that as a plate. It's not until it goes through the trials that it goes through the heat of the fire that you can actually use it as a plate, what it was designed for. Just because you take a piece of clay and you mold it into a cup, doesn't mean you can use it as a cup. In order for God to get you to the cup that you are right now, you had to go through the fire. And that's one thing I always tell people is like, because we've all had bad times, we've all had things going on in our lives that we wish we could have changed. But don't ever change it. Think that you regretting it because everything that's gone on 
is made you for who you are today. That's the because. Maybe it took your mother having the cancer to get you molded into the person who you are right now. Because how could you imagine having a doctor finding a cure for something he's never experienced? They always say they want to try to find a cure for cancer. The best doctor with that would be one who's gone through it, who knows the hurt of cancer. The best encourager is the one who never got encouraged because he knows what it feels like to be in that spot. That was me. Because I know what it felt like to be there by myself. And when God encouraged me, and that's what he's called me, he called me to be an encourager because I know what that feels like. I don't want anyone to go through that. It's the things that we go through is what makes us. It's like, God, I don't know where we're going. Just follow me. Why? Because this is who I need you to be. And then now you go into the other, you go into the infield. Tomorrow is pitching. How many of you guys have plans or know what's going to happen tomorrow? Pretty much wake up, go through the same routine, pretty much. Do you ever dread what the next day is going to bring? I know a lot of people, I heard it this week, um, Monday I went back to work and I was talking to one of my coworkers. She's like, yeah, closing on Saturday, can't even enjoy my Sunday because I know I'm going to have to come right back to work on Monday. I was like, man, you wasted a complete day off worrying and dreading about work. Because when I clock out, I, I try to think, I don't want to think anything about work. But so many people, it was like Sunday night, it's like, man, I've got to go back to work tomorrow morning. And they're dreading it. So many times we think too far in the future that we bypass the day that we're even in. Because we're talking about it, um, honestly, right now, we're trying to get ready for our hallelujah night, Halloween night at the church. We're doing all the games, the lights set up. We're trying, and we're between work and stuff. We're cutting down on a couple of days. So we're now we're trying to think. It's like tomorrow, we've got like five items. We've got to hurry up and get done in a couple hours. And sometimes we think so far in the future, or it's like, hey, I'm going to this concert, and I can't wait to go to this concert. I've been there many times. It's like, man, I just bought tickets. This is going to be a great concert. And I'm constantly thinking the week of the concert, I was like, man, a couple more days, four more days, three more days that I'm bypassing everything every single day, just waiting for something in the future. Matthew 6, 34, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall have the thought of its own, of, shall take thought for the things of itself, and sometimes tomorrow never comes. There is no guarantee that tomorrow is going to show up. How many times, how many minutes, seconds do we waste a day thinking about tomorrow that we do not think about today? 24 hours in a day, how many hours do we waste 
thinking about tomorrow that we bypassed up today. Time is the most precious thing and the most expensive thing because once you spend it, you can't buy it back. So many times we mess up opportunities of where God's trying to take us here that we're like, I just want to hurry up and get there. I'm ready to hurry up and get that day. Just get me a plane ticket. Let me get there right now. God, you, you said we have to walk this? Oh, God, I'm a fat man. I don't walk. God, I, I, I can't walk into the next day. I can't, I can't take this long trek. Can we not at least get like a, a horse? I'll, I'll take that. Much less, how about a, um, a train? So many times we waste the time and God's like, no, just enjoy today. Because he blesses us, blesses us every single day. And so many times we take it for granted that we're just worried about tomorrow. Worried about the things of tomorrow that we bypass up the blessings that he's saying. It's like, hey, look, look at what I did for you. And we've got our eyes set in a couple of days in the future. Tomorrow, man, I'm dreading work. Hey, look at this. In church that you were at, I just healed this person. Man, I hate to go to work tomorrow. Hey, hey, did you not just see this? Your best friend from, uh, is right here next to you. Man, I, can't, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Maybe I should just call in. So many things that God blesses us with, we bypass. And it ultimately comes right back down to today. Today's catching. Today is the catcher. The catcher's job is to catch everything that's thrown at him. If the, if the catcher is too worried about thinking about what he's going to have after the game, he's never going to catch the ball that's coming right at him. If he's too worried about getting a drink of water and not paying attention to a 90-mile-an-hour fastball coming at him, he's going to have a rude awakening. In this thing, catcher today, don't let your guard down. Don't worry about what tomorrow is going to bring. Don't worry about what you have coming up in the future. Just sit and enjoy what God has for us today. Be still and know that I am God. And so many times we, we like it loud. I love my music loud, loud and fast. But sometimes the reason why so many people like, like heavy metal music is because you can drown everything out. Everyone likes to turn up music all the way up because they like to drown everything in the world. It's like at that point all I can think about is the music. Sometimes the best way is turning off the music. Turning off all the sound and just be still and know that he is God. Yes. Which one? Be still and know. Yep. Yep. So many times we don't. I was like, just think about this. This little bit of a segment that I did earlier, just a classic thing, something to have a laugh at, 
Some people will think it's cheesy. It's not really up to today's humor. But when you break it down, you really think about it. That who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Why is in left field? Because is in center field. Tomorrow's pitching and today's catching. And I just gave you a complete message on how every one of those things pertain to our life. And usually on parts that we miss. Don't ever forget who is on first. Because once you got first base down, everything else falls into place. You don't, when you hit a ball in baseball, you don't run to third base. You always got to go to the first. There's a reason why they call it first. If you put God first in your life and you run towards him every single time, he'll take you on a journey. He'll take you on a complete journey. And so many times we have questions, but just don't worry about what's coming ahead. Just remember that he's taking you on a journey. You'll get there when you get there. He doesn't like to rush things. He's a perfectionist. If it's going to take time, he's going to make sure it's done right. He's going to make sure it's done perfect. But God, I don't know where you're taking me. Don't worry. Just let me drive. Just be still and know that I'm God. Remember who's driving your vehicle. And ultimately, remember who's on first. That was pretty good, wasn't it? I didn't know where he was going with it. He come in there, got in here, and he hands me the papers and says, hey, we're going to do this. And I was like listening. I was like, what? He says, we're going to do this. I said, I got a message for this. And I was like, you did all this at the very end? There's your bat. <laughs> so uh, who's on first? You remember that. You know, he was talking about, uh, he was talking about you know, Monday. Monday's always those bad days, ain't it? You just dread Monday because it's, it's a bad day. It's supposed to be a bad day. I don't remember it said in the Bible that God created Monday to be bad. Yes, son. <laughs> so I, mean, I don't remember God creating Monday to be bad. I don't remember seeing anywhere in there that Monday is a bad day. He didn't create Monday for a bad day. But uh, I was going to work Monday, and uh, it was, I had a storm. We had a storm come through. Uh, it was raining. I, I slept through it. I, did, I did, had no clue we had anything. All I know is I woke up, and I heard rain hitting the, the uh, roof. And I was getting up to go to work. My wife gets up, and I'm changing, getting stuff, getting my lunch, getting my go over there on the phone. And I pull up the weather, see, and it shows rain. And I said, well, it says it's raining. So I walk out door. There's nothing coming down. I said, well, it doesn't feel like there's any rain, but it says raining on my phone. The weather channel says raining, and it's not raining. But So she goes outside. I go outside. I give her a kiss. We're getting, I'm leaving, going down the stairs. I turn my phone on. I turn my flashlight on, and I go down the stairs, make sure I'm not tripping over anything. I go down there. You know, I get in the truck. I turn off the phone. I start the truck up. I check the weather. She goes, is it going to rain all day? Well, I don't know. I didn't look at that. I just saw it was supposed to be raining. So I go over there and I look and I said, uh, no, it's supposed to clear up within an hour and it'd be finished. And she said, okay. And I said, it's supposed to turn sunny. So it's going to be a beautiful day today. And she goes, okay. So I get over there and I put my phone down. I back up and I take off and I go to work. 
the leads at work have the key to the gate to get inside the, inside the shop. Then we go inside, we unlock the doors, and we can go inside. So all the leads have it. And I'm normally the second one there, maybe th sometimes third. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm always there, right there, pretty close to the beginning of it. So I leave, go to work, I get up there, and I come pulling around, and the gate is still closed, basically, and all the vehicles are lined up down the road. It's probably four times longer than it is down the road. And I look, and I am at the very end, and I'm looking through there trying to see if I can see somebody is at the gate, unlocking the gate. If there's not, I would go up there and unlock it. So I can't see whether or not there's somebody up there. Lights are all on, trucks are in there. You know, I'm trying to look, and I thought, well, I'm just going to bypass because I don't want to go around these people and get up there and find out somebody's unlocking the gate because everybody's all going to look and say, oh, look at this. You know, Richard, you know, he, he thinks he's somebody special. He's just going to cut in front of us and get inside there and not stand in line. So I thought, well, I'll just go around. I drive down there. There's nobody at the gate. So I pull up at the gate. I get out of the truck, go up there to unlock the gate, open the gate, get back in the truck. You know, a couple cars go. I go in. I back up, get situated, turn the truck off, grab my lunch pail, get my soda, get everything out, go out there, close the door, lock the door, go around. And I haven't unlocked the, the door at work for about two and a half months. We have a security number. So I'll go over there and I unlock the door and I walk in, I turn around. And I go, and they go, <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy. I said, oh, okay, I remember. So I punched an upper in. They still beep, beep, beep. Got me three seconds, two seconds. I cleared, and I said, I'm positive that's it. Push it again. I'm going off, man, loud and clear, man. I'm like, holy cow. So I'm going over there, and I'm pushing all these numbers. And I can't remember what the number is. And I'm thinking, my gosh, what is the number? And I'm going, I said, I know that's that number. And I'm looking, I said, man, the thing is going off, just going off, making loud noise. And I thought, hey, I put it in my cell phone. I know what it is. It's in my cell phone. So I go over there and grab. I said, where it? Oh, my gosh, I had my phone in my hand out there, and I guess I laid it in the truck. So it's sitting out there in the truck. So I'm over there, you know, punching in the numbers. I said, grab my lunch. I go back up there, put it in the, in the uh, break room, walk outside. You know, everybody's still standing outside. They ain't coming in. They're like looking going, <laughs> the police department's going to come in here and start open fire, and I'm not going in that building. <laughs> so I go out to the truck. I open up the truck. I look all, I can't find my phone anywhere. I'm looking between the cushions, and I was like, where in the world's my phone? And I thought, I thought, I know I had the phone. I had the phone when I was looking at, where did I put that phone? Did I put that in my lap? Did I put that? I looked down the driveway. I'm looking way down there. I'm going, oh, you got to be kidding me. No way. It's not out there on the ground out there. So I'm like, man, I got to turn this thing off, man. It is loud outside. Everybody's just standing outside, man. They're all like looking, going, SWAT's getting ready to show up, man, and going to take you out, man. We're not going in that building. <laughs> so I walk back in there, go over there and start pushing buttons. I can't, I, it's just not registering. So I'm like, man, I'm going to be late. So I clock in, go back up there, can't get it. I walk outside and I hear one of the guys coming in. He's got an old Dodge Dart. 1960 something it is loud and doesn't run properly and it dies out all the time and he's trying to back up and it, it dies out then he starts it again and it backs up and he dies out and I'm like come on man this thing is going nuts and everybody's still standing outside they're not even stepping foot they are all outside 
They won't go inside that building one bit. So I go over there and I look at him. I said, what is the code number? And he goes, why in the world is the alarm going off? I said, give me the code number. And he tells me the code number. I'm one number off. One number off. Man, I run in there, turn it, and it shuts off. I was like, my gosh, thank God. I mean, man, I woke up the whole neighborhood. So I go down there, and I got to go get my flashlight so I can go out there and get my phone. So I go down. The th- Nobody's came in. Nobody's turned lights on. I'm walking down. It is pitch black. I can't see nothing. I get down there, and they put pallets all in my QA area. So I'm over there doing this, you know, making sure I don't trip over th- anything because I don't want to hit the ground. So I walk around, open up the door, go get my flashlight. My flashlight's not in there. It's pitch black. I can't see a thing. So I'm over there looking, I thought, there's a small one in my drawer. So I open up my drawer, and there's razor blades, everything all in there, screwdrivers. And I'm like, man, I'm going to cut my hand open, and I'm going in there. I finally find it, pull it out, turn the light on, look around, look in my drawer, and there it is laying on my desk underneath my thing. So I grab the flashlight, go back outside. Now they're all coming in. You know, I'm like looking, I said, what? Why didn't you guys come in? <laughs> we ain't coming in. We ain't going to get shot. That's all they kept saying. No, we ain't going to get shot. You know, they're not going to shoot people here. So I walk all the way out there, and there it is laying on the ground. I come back in, and I mean, these people are just having fun with this. They're just joking around and stuff. They're just having fun. I looked, and I said, hey, it's a pretty good day. It's a great day. I made people laugh. I said, I enjoyed it. I, I, I had a lot of humor over it. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. You know, there's a lot of stressful things, you know, but it was a good time. I enjoyed it. It, was, it gave me a lot of excitement in my life, you know, and I gave a lot of the people excitement. Well, this morning I go to work, and I show up a little later, and they're all looking at me going, you didn't want to do the same thing you did yesterday, sent the alarm off, huh? <laughs> I said, no, I just sat there and waited until somebody else did it, and I come in here playing the same. But, you know, you've got to have a lot of humor in your life. You've got you to look at the things, even if it goes wrong, there's got to be something good out of it. Because God says he gives you anything that's, everything that's wrong, it always turns into good for the ones that love him. You know, it, it, there's got to be something in there. You've got to find it. Satan wants to keep it away from you. He wants to make you feel like you've done something wrong and it just you know, makes you lower like, man, I'm an idiot, man. I couldn't even remember the number. I mean, I, I dropped my phone. I mean, I could have sat there and done that. But I was, giving, I was having fun. I was like thinking. And I told everybody, and everybody was laughing. All the management that came in, they were just laughing, having a good time over it. They thought, they thought that was the funniest thing. You know, they're like, and I sat there and looked, and I said, it's funny. I enjoyed it. It made, it made the time go by quick. 30 minutes went through just, just like that. You know, I got there at 530. Next thing you know, it was 6 o'clock. Everybody was working. I was like, wow, that was a quick 30 minutes. That's almost like lunchtime. You sit down, you get up, and you got to go back to work. 30 minutes later, it's like, man, that's the quickest 30 minutes. But, you know, you got to look at the funny parts in your life. That's what it is, man. Because God can give it to you. You just got to find it because Satan's trying to hide it from you. That's where the joy is. If you all stand up, we're going to go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you praise and the glory for tonight, Lord. Lord, we all figured out who's on first, Lord. Lord, it's some kind of joke, some kind of comedy that we can laugh at and stuff. But that's the whole point is you are laughter, you are joy, your happiness. You know, that's what we have to search for. And that's what you give us each and every day is the joy and the happiness. You know, we have to fight and look for that because Satan tries to take that away from us and try to give us grief and doubt and disappointment. 
But, Lord, we know who's on first, and we know who's the one that's in first in our hearts, Lord. We just give you the praise and the glory, Lord, for tonight, Lord, that we can know who you really are. And as long as we keep you first in our hearts and our minds and our souls and search and uh, just look for you each and every day and the things that you do, even though we don't know why you do it, it's because you have something special for us, Lord. Each and every day, Today or tomorrow, we have something, or you have something for us, Lord. We just give you the praise and the glory, Lord. Touch these men that came to hear what you had to speak to them, Lord. They came for a certain reason because they came for you. They didn't come just to sit out here. They didn't come to see us. They came to hear from you, Lord, and you have spoken to their hearts, Lord, that they have something today that they can use for their life to be able to get stronger. So when things go wrong, they need to make sure that they know who's on first, Lord. We just give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone here says, Amen. Amen.